So hi everyone, this is Joel Clear from Jim's Group HQ and we're with Peter Vida, who is the regional franchisor for Jim's Mowing over in Canada. And he's also, what's prompted this as well is we, a big achievement which you let Jim know about, which I think is very, very impressive, was the 300 um, Google reviews. Which is the five, I think it's five, 305 star Google reviews on that listing making you the most. Is it reviewed in North America or something like that you were saying? Yeah, highest rated and most reviewed uh, gardening and landscaping service provider in North America, to the best yeah. of our knowledge. That's what, that's what we've been told. Which is very, 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 very impressive. It's um, a very, very good milestone. So we thought, why not? Why not let everyone in the gym's family meet yourself, Peter, and, and talk about Canada. We don't hear enough about Canada, so we'd love to just sort of find out about yourself, especially the franchisees over there, all the services, and about what you do maybe differently over there and maybe what you do similar to over here. Uh, for everyone in the gyms family. So let's start with about yourself, Peter. How did you, uh, what were you doing prior to gyms? All right, well, I have a, my background is mainly corporate. Uh, I worked in finance for a while, worked on the operations side of the business for a while, uh, up until my mid forties and was introduced to uh, gyms mowing as a concept uh, in 2012, 2013. Mm -hmm. uh, bought a franchise, a gyms mowing franchise in 2013 and uh, operated that until uh, about two years ago when I uh, became the regional franchisor for uh, Jim's Mowing Canada. And what, and what prompted the change to go and do the, do the franchise? Because you obviously something completely unrelated and you've just gone, want to do right. this? Yeah, like 90% like of the franchisees that we have here in Canada, and I'm sure that we have across uh, uh, um, the world, mm. is uh, you know just getting to that point in life where you, you want to... Uh, you want to do your own thing. You want to be master of your own destiny. Uh, I was ready to, um, I'd been working and building businesses for the greatest part of my career. And I was looking to build my own business. Uh, and uh, the opportunity uh, for Jim's Boeing franchise was, uh, was introduced to me by a friend, a customer and a friend uh, at the time. And it sounded interesting. It actually sounded too good to be true, to be honest with you. <laughs> and I kind of, I kind of uh, disregarded the opportunity for a good six-month period before uh, just an opportune dinner where the the franchisee sat next to me at dinner, and uh, it was a mutual friend. The franchisee was a mutual friend, and we had a we had a great conversation over that dinner. And uh, I think within a month, uh, I'd purchased the franchise. Well, and did you have, did you have an interest in gardening before? Was it something you just liked the sound of, or how did you? Nope. You know what? I I was looking for. I was already in my mid forties. I'd spent uh, fifteen years looking at Excel spreadsheets and doing emails. Mm -hmm. I was ready for a change. Um, I love the idea of set your own hours, uh, choose your own jobs, the the whole lifestyle opportunity for it. I was ready to try. I was just at a period in my career where I was ready to try something new. And uh, all the pieces of the puzzle fit into place. And, and I'm, I'm very seldom out in the field uh, now today, uh, seven years later, but they're still my, they're still my favorite days. Uh, I'm taking out new, new franchisees. We're doing training. Uh, we're, we're going to see customers. We're doing quotes. Uh, I have five, six franchisees tagging along. And the, the days out in the field are still my favorite days uh, in this business. And what did you think about the logo itself? I don't know if, how did you, what do you think about the brand itself? Cause it's sort of one of those things where you, did you know it was an Australian company when you sort of heard about it or had, when you did your research or? I had, I had no idea when I first heard about it. Yeah. Um, I had to do a little bit of research uh, after I'd had that dinner. Uh, and I was, I was, I had no idea to be honest with you in Canada. We, the, the other divisions are not present here uh, mm -hmm. yet. And uh, so Jim's mowing it, it operates uh, in, in a bit of a vacuum here. So the brand recognition that uh, that exists in Australia is 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 limited to to mowing here. So when I did my my due diligence and I did some research online, I figured, found out that there was over three thousand eight hundred franchises worldwide. Uh, I started looking at the uh, at the opportunity a lot more seriously. And how long were you a franchisee for? Uh, I started in October of twenty thirteen. I remember the day because it was my my eldest son's birthday. So I started on October 1st, uh, 2013 and, uh, you know, never looked back. I loved it. We put our first, uh, I was, I was out in the field for the first year. We put our second team, uh, in, in play, uh, our second year, a third team, third year, fourth team, fourth year. It was really, um, uh, 
a wonderful brand with wonderful systems that allowed us to grow as quickly as we as we wanted to and we wanted to and it was uh it was just fantastic from the from the first day so it sounds like you had a pretty big business as a franchise owner if you said you know you put those couple of teams on so you must have had a pretty big operation going before the regional franchise opportunity came up Mm-hmm. That, and that was the goal. We, we, we wanted to do that. We wanted something really scalable. Uh, I, I love that about the system of, of uh, how uh, the regional franchiser generates leads, gives you support, shows you how to generate your own leads, shows you how to build the business. I was looking for that, that, that structure and those systems to be able to be uh, successful as quickly as possible. Yeah. Uh, so that was very exciting for us uh, at the beginning. And uh, we really wanted to, to, to have something that was scalable. So we were able to, uh, we have so many unserviced leads in Canada that it, I basically started in one of the suburbs of Vancouver. And then as soon as we established a foothold in that suburb of Vancouver, we were able to take unserviced leads one suburb over. Uh, and then the following year, uh, the sub, suburb after that. And, and within five years, we were operating five teams in five suburbs. So um it, and it was really fantastic to be able to do that and it and it's just because the brand is the re, our reputation is so solid here and the brand is so recognized here at least in mowing mm-hmm. that uh we're able to turn away um uh hundreds and hundreds of leads i mean it's not it's a good it's a good problem to have uh it's not it's also it's also a challenge mm-hmm. because the the more often you say no to a to a customer they eventually stop coming back so we're we try to onboard as many franchisees as we can as quickly as we can to be able to limit the amount of unserviced leads that we that we have mm-hmm. but we really are in a in a very opportunity abundant um market here in canada and let's talk about your operation there real quickly because a lot of franchisees get stuck sometimes in going from a sole trader to building a team and you've built a team really quickly and expanded it. So what tips do you have for franchise owners trying to, to build themselves beyond a one-man operation or one-woman operation? Oh, that's a, that's a great question, Joel. Uh, actually, that was the biggest challenge. And uh, I think that the, uh, now that I've, I've gone through that challenge myself and, and we're coaching new franchisees through that challenge uh, uh, today, uh, on a daily basis, I think the most important thing is it, it's what we call here uh, the employee pipeline. So it's really a psychological shift. And what we were faced with, uh, and what I, pers- I was personally f- uh, faced with, and, and now all the franchisees are faced with, is that if you look at the person that, that you're next hire, that helper, the person that sits in the truck next to you, a lot of people hire that person as a, as a key member of their team. And People are human, so if you if you put all of your um, all of your um, hopes and aspirations for your business in one other person, that person is is a human being with with demands on their li- their lives as well. People don't show up for work because they're sick, or their children are sick, mm-hmm. or you know they, they, they there's a, a multitude of reasons why a person won't show up for work. So if you, and, and a lot of them are valid, they're legitimate. It's also difficult to find dependable employees, but even the most dependable employees cannot be there every day. So what we basically did was we, we created a system and a psychology of the employee pipeline. So you don't look at that person, that seat next to you as a person, you look at it as a role. And what you do is you try to hire, um, as many people as possible to try to fill that to fill that position. So you might hire one or two part timers. You know that you have them on Tuesday, and you know that you have them on Thursday. Or you know that they can step in as a student. They can step in when your when your helper isn't available, or if they're sick, or if their children are sick, or if anything comes up, any of life's challenges come up. So we we teach our our franchisees to think of that next person and every person after that as a role, as a, as, a, as a team member, as a teammate, and to have as many people as possible be available to fill that role, especially people that can, that can step, on, step in, in on very short notice, right? Mm-hmm. So if you have two or three part-timers, you have one employee or you have two people to split the week and you work with one from Monday to Thursday and then another from Friday, on Friday and Saturday and they're interchangeable and you have a multitude of people that are able to play that role, I think that you'll be more successful at um, scaling your business. Because a second person will do that, and then you have three or four employees. It's much, much more challenging to run a business with two or three employees than it is with 20 or 30 or 300 or 400. 
the most challenging business scale to run is is a very is a small business. You'd think that the the CEO with with a thousand employees is a difficult job, but when it comes to to working with people, 250 people will never show up. Will, will it'll never happen that 250 people won't show up for work in a thousand person company? It'll never be an issue. But if you have four employees and one person doesn't show up, that's 25% of your workforce. Very, very challenging. So it's always good to have that psychology, that mentality of try to have as many people as possible on your team to be able to scale your business so that when life gets in the way, it doesn't. It's a very good point. And where do you guys find your, your workers? Are you, what, do you use um, online ads or what are, you, what are you doing to find your, your base of network? Well, within, uh, I still operate my franchise myself on a limited basis. So we, we still have the, the franchise that we originally started in 2013. It's still operating to this day. It plays a different role. It's a, it's a much smaller business. We have it to, um, uh, as basically a vehicle to train new franchisees now. Uh, but when we're hiring uh, coaches and, and team leaders to be able to take the new franchisees out and to keep the business operational, uh, we'll go to the internet. Uh, we have Craigslist here. Uh, I, I, I believe the Australian version of that is Gumtree. Uh, we have Indeed, which I'm sure that you guys use as well. Um, we encourage the franchisees to write their own ads, to include photos, to have social events, to really... Um, present the opportunity as a, as a, a great place to work. But the, the best place to get employees is the, is, is exactly the same, the best place to get customers. It's referrals. Mm -hmm. So if your employees are happy and they're out in their network and you're encouraging them or you're bonusing them to bring like your, your great employees, your solid employees to bring on other people that they think would be great for the business. I think that that's the, the number one source for, uh, for, for recruiting top talent and you had it so you've had a pretty big successful franchise so why the decision or why the change to, to take on the regional role what prompted you to, to do that uh it was a, a little bit of uh, a, a bunch of different factors came into play um the franchisor here in canada was retiring um about the time where uh my franchises had been going really really well um i i by nature, I love to teach. Um, uh, I, I, for a period of, of time in my life, I was uh, playing that role quite heavily in, in the corporate environment. Uh, it's something I, I enjoy doing and, and the opportunity to um, help others achieve their goals and um, reach independence. Independence was a, was, a, was a huge factor for me. It was one of the main reasons why I, I bought the franchise. I, I wanted to be independent. I wanted to run my own business. I know that that's a dream that a lot of people have, and it's a difficult dream to achieve. Going out and, and starting a business is not easy. So to be able to, to have found, I feel very fortunate to not only have found a vehicle that allows me to be uh, independent, but uh, it also gives me the opportunity to help other people uh, with, a, with the same dream become independent as well, which is, which is very, very rewarding for me. It's a great answer. And it's, tip, it's a very good answer we hear a lot of the time, very similar, uh, similarly explained, sorry, if that's a proper phrase, but it's a very similar thought you know, sentiment you have to other successful franchisors as well. They say exactly the same thing. I think for anyone watching as well, it's not just lip service. They all do mean it to franchisors when they do say it. So let's talk about now your franchise offering itself in Canada with the training and how do you guys go about doing it? Maybe is it, do you send them over to Australia still? Is it something, obviously now we can't, but it's an online thing or how do you do your training? Yeah, but prior to, prior to the COVID-19 pandemic, we did send uh, all of our franchisees to induction training. Uh, it's it's something that was uh, implemented uh, when I became the regional franchisor. So uh, prior to that, none of the Canadian franchisees were uh, going to Australia for for induction training for the five day classroom training. Um, I was the first franchisee to actually go to Australia for for induction training. I absolutely loved it. I found huge value in it, um, and. Uh, it was, uh, it was implemented across the board two years ago. Unfortunately, we can't do it anymore. We're doing it remotely. And because of the time change uh, between Australia and Canada, uh, our franchisees are watching it uh, not in real time on video, which is, which is not ideal, but still, uh, still much better than, uh, 
than not being part of the the whole training uh, mm. training community. And and uh, I, I look forward to to hopefully uh, being send being able to send the franchisees back to Australia as soon as possible. Hopefully. So what's the training offering for anyone who's watching in Canada for you, for your and they might oh, I like the sound of this. What do they? What's the training involved? What do you put them through, Peter? Okay, so they they get the one they get the whether it's in Australia in person or online training, uh, they get that one week or the six five and a half day induction training in Australia, three days uh, uh, general training, and then three days mowing divisional specific training. Then they come back to Canada and they'll spend uh, two weeks uh, with us in uh, here in the Lower Mainland in Vancouver, uh, what we call field training. Field training involves uh, five days with one of my teams where they go out and just try to do as many of the different jobs as they possibly can. And then I'll, I'll send them out for five separate days with five um, franchisees that play a leadership role in, in our organization here in Canada. So they'll get different perspective, different views, they'll try different jobs. So by the time they've gone through training, they've, got, they've had a, uh, a week uh, of induction training, classroom training. They've had a week uh, just doing as many jobs as they possibly can with one of our teams here um, in, in my franchise. And then they'll spend an additional five days with five franchisees out in the, out in the field. So um, that's the ideal plan. We can't always, we, it's interchangeable. We might send them out with one or two franchisees depending on scheduling challenges and whatnot, but that's the ideal that we aim for. And then once they've gone through that, in, uh, that initial training then they go on a on a into a system of continuous and constant training and improve and systems improvement so we have um throughout the the slower periods of the year so um uh, spring we slow down the weekly schedule uh, and fall we slow down the weekly schedule we go maybe go to bi-weekly but we try to have as many wednesday night training sessions so they're done by zoom uh, as we can, and, and we rotate through uh, 10 main topics, uh, quoting, understanding the software, uh, customer service, dealing with complaints, like every, every week we'll have a uh, topic and we'll do it in a group session. Uh, we found that the, uh, the group training is really, really effective. Uh, that, that whole dynamic, for the same reason that training in Australia is so powerful, uh, because there's so many different franchisees from different backgrounds in a room together. They're able to share ideas. Uh, they're able to bounce concepts off of each other. Uh, group learning is very, very powerful. And, and we try to leverage, as, leverage it as much as we can here in, in Canada. And I was going to do my next question was meetings. Because a lot of this franchise was watching this. Everyone has different ways they run their meetings. And you're just saying then you do a weekly Wednesday training or that's that training because we're constantly onboarding yeah. new franchisees. So on Wednesdays we reserve for, for strictly training and we have a topic every Wednesday for training. And, and then once we go through the 10, 12 topics, we start them over again and they rotate through them. So a, a new franchisee can jump on at any time mm. and work through the 10 meetings. And, and then after that, they can attend whatever they feel like they need to, they need help with within those, that series of 10 or 12 meetings, there'll always be new meetings that we'll, we'll, we'll um, put in, in into the schedule on an ad hoc basis as they need develop. So if somebody's having trouble scheduling or somebody's having another challenge or issue, we'll create a, uh, a meeting for that. We'll schedule it on a Wednesday night because all the franchisees are used to that um, schedule of, of having the opportunity to do additional learning or, or improve their, their businesses on the Wednesday evening. Now, this doesn't include the, the quarterly meetings. So we have quarterly meetings that are not training-based where we go over the, uh, what I call the state of the region. How many leads do we have coming in? How many franchisees have we onboarded? How many franchisees have we lost through attrition and other reasons? And I, we, we try to operate the Canadian region with as much transparency as possible. So we have quarterly meetings on top of the um, training meetings where we just share information about how the region is being managed. And then every year we have an AGM uh, as well. And then on top of that, we have all our social events. So we golf together and we have picnics together in the summer and we try to get us, try to get together as much as possible to, um, to, to, to build relationships between the franchisees because, and, 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 and this is a question when people are considering a franchise uh, with us, um, they ask about support. And, and their question is always focused on 
well, what's the regional support? Like, what's the support that's going to come from my franchisor? And, and as you can see, we, we do as much as we possibly can at the regional level to support and train the franchisees as best as we can. But a lot of the learning, if not more than half of it, is going to come from the other franchisees. So if there's a good dynamic and a good team um, level of teamwork between the franchisees, uh, we have a closed Facebook group where all the franchisees communicate together. They can post pictures of quotes that they're struggling with. They can talk about suppliers. There's a ton of, of dialogue that happens on the Facebook group. There's a ton of dialogue that happens between franchisees that work in, in pods together. So we'll have three or four franchisees in a the suburb. They'll work together in terms of you know, quote, helping each other quote or doing jobs together if they, see, if, if they don't have the manpower to complete a larger job together. And we try to create that dynamic as much as possible where um, the learning takes place uh, as much from the, from the top down as it does uh, from franchisee to franchisee. It's really good to hear that perspective from over there. And um, something from franchisors over here would be very interested in, in hearing. So just giving context to people watching uh, more franchisors is how many franchisees do you have under your banner? We're, we're just shy of 50 now. Yeah, 50. So that's a pretty comparable region to over here uh, for most of the mowing, mowing franchisors who would have a similar sort of number. But it's really great to hear that as well. Now, a lot of people over here would be interested in finding out about your services. Is there any difference from um, New Zealand to Australia to Canada in the services that you guys offer? So maybe do you want to touch on what you offer um, as a mowing franchisees to customers over in Canada? From my understanding of it, it's very, very similar. Um, I know that there's different climates across Australia as there is in Canada. Uh, here in Vancouver and the lower mainland of British Columbia, very, very similar to Melbourne. Uh, I lived in Melbourne for a year. And when I moved to Vancouver, I couldn't believe the similarities between Melbourne and Vancouver. Not being from either city, I'd, I'd lived in, in Melbourne for a year, having been from Montreal. And then eventually later in my career, moved to Vancouver and it was amazing to me how similar Vancouver was to to Melbourne and how uh, similar British Columbia was to Victoria. Uh, so climate is very similar. Uh, there are a little bit of differences. We get a little bit colder in the winter. So maybe to minus two, minus three uh, degrees centigrade, uh, very little snow, but we don't get as hot in the summer. So we have a longer growing season. Uh, we, can, we can cut grass here for 10 months of the year, nine and a half to 10 months of the year in the lower mainland. And then the rest of the service is very similar. Uh, vegetation, very similar uh, to Victoria at least, which, which is the state I'm most familiar with. Um, one of the services that we can offer in Canada that, that I, I don't believe is, is an option in Australia is, is snow removal and ice control. So I'm not gonna spend too much time talking, uh, talking about that, but if there are franchisees that uh, are in areas, I, I'm not that familiar with the climate in New Zealand. I know that there's some higher elevations there, but I don't know if they, if they, if they face that challenge or they, they have that opportunity to face that challenge. It's really, mm. They have the opportunity to do that work there. Yeah, so with, with, with the services itself, so you have a really good training program, which is um, some franchisors watching can really take note of that is that it's really detailed in the, the two weeks. And I think that's really what you said before about the, the five different perspectives with the franchisees. So you have one Monday to Friday, you have a different franchisee. I think it's a really good thing. I know a lot of franchisors might have one or two trainers that are their go-tos or maybe a couple of more, but you've got five people you will put them each on each day, which I thought was quite interesting. How'd you develop that? Or how'd you come up with that? Um, I, actually, I, I, it's better than that. I'm, I'm really blessed here in Canada. I've got a good, um, I, I don't have a bad franchisee right now. I honestly don't have a bad franchisee, but I have a, a good 10 to 15 um, uh, rock stars that are really able to and and willing and and once again you know you're if you're born a teacher you're born a trainer it's just in you so i've got a i've got a good 10 franchisees that i can pick from um that i can send to do those five days with so i, I rotate through them mm -hmm. everybody brings a different uh different perspective to the table everybody uh brings a different viewpoint but they all share commonalities they all huge on customer service huge on, on quality of work, um, really dedicated to, to, to their employees. Um, so, you know, that the, the perspective is different, but the learning is the same. And that's what's, uh, that's what's uh, important there. So uh, I, I don't know if that answers your question, but um, 
And I thought, I just think it's a really cool uh, bit of support. Like, cause I know because we have the traditional six days, the six days over here for the, for the course. And then you have, they'll go on the field. And they're obviously always supportive, but I've never heard the different franchisee every day. And that's a really elongated period as well. Oh, I, th- I think your question was, how did I get, how did I get yeah, to do it? Yeah, how'd you? Yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. Sorry, I got a little bit sidetracked there. Sorry. Yeah, that, that's a great question as well. And, and you know what it was is I couldn't decide, my, my, the guys that I wanted to send new franchisees out with, I couldn't decide on who, who to choose. They were all so good. And, they, and, and I got to know them on a personal level. They're franchisees that helped me be successful in my early days. And it was just really a question of, who do I send this person out with for a week? And I couldn't decide. And, I, and at a certain point, I just came to the conclusion, well, if I can't decide, probably the answer is just to send them out with everybody. Mm. So that, that's, that's kind of what we ended up doing. Mm. Which is Once really- again, I'm very lucky to have so many people that I'm, that I'm able to send new franchises out with. Absolutely. It's a great reflection of the region. Now let's talk about the systems you guys use over there for work leads and stuff. Is it a little bit, maybe just give some insights to people. Is it, you don't go through the call center. How does your operation work with, with job allocation and leads and all sorts of stuff? What have you got set up? Identically to Australia, except we have a uh, satellite call center here in, in Delta BC. So we run our call center here in Delta, uh, identical to um, uh, our big brother call center and uh, our big sister call center in, in Australia. Uh, systems are identical. Um, we allocate leads exactly the same way. We operate on FMS exactly the same way. Um, uh, so it, it, it basically, uh, it's a satellite call center that operates identically to uh, MCC in Australia. Mm. And let's talk about your Google My Business. So you've, you had 300 reviews on that one. So do you have one like big listing or is it you have a listing for each franchisee or what do you do for your setup? Okay, so we, we had up until now. So all of our programs really are in their infancy. So I, I, we've only been running the region here, uh, my team has for the last uh, uh, two years. So all of these programs that I'm describing to you, they're all works in progress. We're improving on them daily, monthly. Um, so when, we're, uh, when, when, we've, when we launched the Google My Business initiative, uh, when we started in 2018, uh, we had we had 50 franchises in the province, and we had a, a three Google reviews with a 1.3 star rating. Mm. So we really did not have. We had a great reputation um, in in real time, in reality, but our online presence was not great. And it's just because we never we never took it uh, uh, as an important part of our business. We we were very abundant in leads. Uh, but that, but the business environment was changing. You know this. We all know this. If you don't have a strong presence online, if it hasn't affected you already, it will. Mm. So uh, we implemented a um, an initiative across the region here to try to drive as many uh, Google. I, I think beyond a, a having a, a a great website, Google My Business is probably the most uh, powerful online tool to generate brand online right now. So uh, we, we focused on Google My Business. We, we had contests for the franchisees to see who could drive in the most reviews. Um, uh, there's always, you're always gonna have a group of really competitive guys um, in any group of people. So we offered prizes, uh, we, we incentivized franchisees to go out and, and help us build our reputation online. And uh, you know, I was hoping, I knew at, the, at that time my competitor had about 40, 40 or 45. My biggest competitor had 40 or five, 45 Google reviews. And in my mind, I had this dream of having 50, 50 or 60. And then I put it in the hands of the franchisees and it, it turned into a, it turned into a runaway train that, uh, that delivered beyond even my, my wildest expectations. And we just recently hit 300. I, I, I have one franchisee, uh, Gord Schaefer, I think that, that brought in over 70 really? Google reviews on his own. And what were the prizes you offered? Uh, we offered uh, gift cards. We offered dinners. Uh, I don't know if money was the big motivator. Mm. We, uh, I, I think that it was really like, it's just, it appealed to the competitive nature. The people, that the franchisees that we have here in Canada are phenomenally proud of the brand. I think that when they came to realize that our online um, presence was not strong and did not reflect the reality of the brand and the work that the people were doing here, uh, I think that they took it personal 
And I think that there was just some franchisees that had a, had a point to prove and, and went out and, and, and proved it. And you've got one main listing or is it individual listings or? So we started with the one main listing yep. um, and we drove as much business as we could to that one main listing because we were able to have different service areas for that listing. Yep. But it's, as you know, it's not ideal. You want to have, you want your Google My Business to be as local as possible. So what we started doing is we started branching out to the outlying areas. So if, if the Google My Business in the lower mainland in Vancouver, so think of it as Melbourne. Mm. Uh, if uh, the, uh, the Google My Business ranking is strong enough to get us ranked all across Melbourne. But as soon as we go out into the further suburbs, then we don't rank as well. So what we started doing now is we started um, uh, uh, suburb-based um, Google My Business listings, where yep. we'll have three or four franchisees that are that are strong and going out and getting the the Google reviews. We're creating the region is creating Google My Business within that suburb, and then the three or four franchisees are able to drive um, to drive uh, reviews to that hub for their area. And the reason that we're doing it that way is because uh, a Google My Business listing can be a double-edged sword. Mm -hmm. If you're, if it's positive, it's really positive and it drives a ton of business. But if it's negative, it could, it could kill a, a great franchisee that just doesn't get the online um, side of things. So if we have three or four franchises um, contributing to the same Google My Listing, it takes about at least 15 or 20 good reviews to absorb a bad one. And there's always going to be, there's always, you do your best. There's always going to be a bad one. There's your competitors might leave you a bad review. You're always facing that challenge of, of trying to uh, keep your listing as high as possible. And that, and that's why a lot of the, the franchisees took their, the, the, the main listing so seriously. It was to protect our brand from, from uh, maybe unscrupulous competitors that might leave a, uh, leave a bad review and, and give us the ability to absorb that. But I mean, with 300 reviews, most of them, if not 99% of them are, are five-star ratings. Mm. And how, what's your franchisee's technique for asking customers? Is it something where they put it on their email or say they email them a quote or something? It's a little leave me a review here or how are they, how are they approaching it with customers? Well, we, we created a link for all of the, um, for all of the Google My Businesses. We created templates for all the franchisees. We gave them coaching and training. So that's one of the, one of the Wednesday night training sessions that we did. And, uh, and when we used to do them on per in person, one of the training sessions that we did is specific to how to get Google reviews. Google, rev Google My Business reviews are, are, are a major focal point of our business here in, in, uh, in uh, Canada. So we're, uh, we're, we're hyper-focused on it. We're constantly driving uh, the franchisees. And the franchisees, they, they get it now. They needed, they needed a little bit of coaching. They needed to understand uh, what it was and why, even more importantly, why it was so important. Mm. But once they understood uh, why it was so important, the why of it, um, they, really, they, they really ran with the ball. Mm. Now let's touch on some um, franchisees specifically in your area. Is there any stories or anything that you're really proud of um, in helping them grow a business? Or can you think of any that come to mind? I'm sure there's a few. Um, you know what? Every, every single one, like every single one for me uh, is, a great, uh, is a great story. I mean, I, I think if I had to summarize it for you, uh, everybody that's thinking of buying a, a franchise or making a, a really important life decision, life change, is, it, is in a scary place. And when, in, when there's that, when, whatever risk it is, even if, it's, even if it's a franchise, even if they have the most confidence in their ability, even, even if they have a trust in the brand, even if a friend, even in my case, when I bought my franchise, a friend brought me, brought me on. But even so, there's, there's an element of fear. There's an element of, okay, well, I'm, I'm putting myself out on a limb here. And that affects your confidence. So anytime I have, now that we've had franchisees that we've owned, onboarded last year and in the spring now already we're midway through the season to watch a franchisee go from fearful and challenged in terms of their confidence to go to to turn into to confident franchisees that are doing well i i i i'd love to pick one but they're all they they're all really um they're all really important to me and i feel good about all of them like i love seeing that i love seeing somebody go from from I, I, insecure is not the right term. I think it's just fearful because you're trying mm. a new thing. 
to a confident um, uh, business person who's doing well, uh, there, I, I haven't found a better feeling than that in this business yet. I think it's a really great thing you said there. And I see it sometimes at national office, you see people coming to new with initial training and you think, oh, how's this person going to go? They might not be that most, most confident at all. And you hear about them a year later or something, two years later, and they've got a really big business. And even the way they speak and present themselves, you know, they might've been really, really quiet before, you know, head down, not really saying much. And then they just completely change the way they are. And you're just like, geez, this is a different person. And it's quite, it's quite what you said is great there's nothing like to give you confidence as a person by building a business or doing a business. Cause you have to go, you have to meet different people all the time. You have to tie problem solve. You have to do new things, you know, and these, and this vehicle, as you said before, gives you all those, those challenges to help you really grow as a person. And it's, it's, it's really great. It's a really great point what you said there as well. So let's talk about now your franchise offering itself for anyone watching and thinking great. I'm in Canada. Like the sound of this Peter guy. Like the sound of this Jim's Mowings thing, what is the actual offering? So they go, I want to buy a franchise. What do you tell them? What's the next step? Uh, in terms of the process to ownership or in terms of what's the value proposition? Yeah, so what's the value proposition for you? For you? So obviously a lot of people, we have online questions when we do advertising for franchises. What do I get for my money? So what do mm -hmm. I get for this? So maybe you want to tell people what do I get when they invest in a Jim's Mowing business? Yeah, uh, I think basically... If I had to summarize it, it would be three main points. You, you get a phenomenal brand, you get systems, and you get support. So the, and for us, those are the three pillars of what makes the, 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 the value proposition of our, our franchise um, so uh, powerful. It's, you know, if, you, if you're stepping out and going out into your own business, and I, and I get this, we advertise heavily online. We're always getting the comment, why would I buy, well, like, why would I pay you to, to mm. all I need is a pickup truck and a lawnmower. Like, why on earth would I pay you? Mm -hmm. and, and usually my answer is, okay, well, you've bought a pickup truck and a lawnmower. Now what? Like, where, now, how do you go out and how do you get customers? And I think that people that leave these comments have no idea how expensive it is to, to, to generate a, one customer at three or four dollars per click. And then you have to think about, how many clicks do you need to convert actual into a customer to, to turn that into revenue? Mm. So we offer a fantastic brand and, and, and brand equals trust. We've been, we've been operating in Canada since 1997. We have phenomenal brand recognition. We have north of 80 trailers driving around the city of Vancouver every day. People see us at almost every intersection. Um, they see us on their street. They know that their neighbor trusts us. When I was faced with, with, the, 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 the dilemma of, do I really buy a friend, a Jim's wine franchise or do I go out on my own? I, it seemed like a no brainer. It seemed like the opportunity to, to, if I was going to open a shoe company to, to, to be able to use the Nike brand for a few hundred dollars a month. Like why yeah. would I make Peter running shoes when I can sell <laughs> Nike running shoes for the, 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 the brand recognition, the trust is fantastic. And then, and then you have the systems. I mean, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You don't have to figure anything out. We give you the map. If you do one, two, three, four, five, A, B, C, D, E, you're gonna be, you're gonna be successful. And, and I cannot think of, um, sorry, my phone's going off here. I cannot think of um, one franchisee that, that, has, that, had, that has followed the system and has not done incredibly well. That's a really key point for everyone to, to, who's watching and thinking. Everyone who follows the system does really, really well. And that's, that's no word of a lie. And that's quite an interesting thing. The brand is obviously big here as well. So the brand for us, I'm the same as you. I've got the same opinion. Is the brand equity or the brand IP value of Jim's Mowing in terms of the recognition, like 92% or whatever it is in Australia, you, for that flat fee every month, proportionate to actually how much you know, recognition this has. Is really important. And that comment you said, we always said online the same thing is, you know, oh, don't do that. You can go and, you know, buy your own equipment and then spend five grand on marketing and get all your clients and away you go. Well, if it was that easy, a lot of everyone would be doing it. And it's definitely not the case. So the value of the franchise is there as well. Mm -hmm. And statistically speaking, most small businesses, I mean, if you look at the statistics of, of, of Jim's mowing and, or, or the Jim's group in general, uh, how many how many uh, franchisees uh, survived their first year versus mm -hmm. how many 
how many businesses actually survive their first year when they're when they don't have any support when they don't have a, a, a solid brand when they don't have systems when they don't have software and i think you, you look at restaurants and 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 you look at a lot of of businesses you know that the 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 failure rate is astronomical and then you look at our 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 success rate and it's it it, it the, the the percentages are flipped like well we have maybe a, 10% loss of franchisees. Uh, right, yeah. yeah. So when you, when, when you, when you have somebody saying, well, why, why would I possibly buy a franchise when I can just go out and buy a truck and a lawnmower by myself? It's like, mm. because of success. Mm, exactly right. And you yeah. mitigate your risk, right? So any, any business, the risk, I'm not saying no Jim's business is, is, is um, a full guarantee. Um, you know, you've got to work hard and stuff, but it just mitigates your risk. And we know statistically you mitigate yeah. your risk that way as well. So let's talk about now um, some advice for franchisors. So you've got fellow Australian franchisors and NZ franchisors here. Do you have any tips or bits of wisdom you'd want to share beyond what you've already shared uh, previously? I don't know. I think I, I, I'm still a relative newbie to all of this. I don't know if I should. I, I should I'm still at the stage where I should be taking advice, not, not giving it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I, don't, I, don't know what I, I don't know what advice I would, uh, I would well, give. Yeah. Well, you've got a good training. Like your training setup is really is, I think, it's a little bit different with the regularly Wednesday. Like, how do you keep giving value on that Wednesday session? Then maybe that's something good to touch about because you've got those ten topics which you rotate through. But where do you get your material from? Which I know a lot of franchisees might struggle sometimes to keep getting material for proactives or keep getting material for their meetings. They come. They basically come from questions from franchisees. So I make the assumption if one person is struggling with something, that chances are several are. Okay. Um, we're all running the same race. We've all got the same problems. There's, a, there's always, you know, there's always a bunch of people in their first year and a bunch of people in their second year and a bunch of people in their third year. They're running the same race. They have the same problems. So if somebody's asking if you're getting the same question on a, on a continual basis, that's a great topic for your training session. So mm -hmm. we have people that have a huge amount of time, a huge struggle managing their time. Yeah. So we, we do training on block calendar. Which is, a, which is a time management tool. Um, so anything that comes up as a challenge to a franchisee, maybe explore that a little bit further. And I think that you'll probably find that it's a challenge for, for most franchisees. That's a good tip there as well. Yeah, it's a yeah. Good, that's a really good hint. I reckon that one there. And also the equipment. Let's maybe for some of the tech or the equipment heads over here, what, what equipment, what brands do you guys use over there? Uh, we use the Honda commercial mowers. Mm -hmm. um, I've, I've looked at some of the equipment that you guys have. It's completely different from the equipment that it's we really? have here. Yeah, okay. we use uh, still, uh, our, our startup equipment package has still, I don't know if you guys have. We have uh, still over here, yeah. Yep. Yeah, okay. So we'll use uh, still. Some of our franchisees started venturing out, trying the uh, uh, electric battery-operated battery uh, tools. We don't have very many. Uh, the feedback that I'm getting from the field is that um, it's expensive. You need a lot of batteries still. Um, but uh, I think that the technology has come a long way, and I think that uh, it's probably going to come, uh, come a lot further in, in the next couple of years. Mm. I definitely think with the weight especially, I know we had the ego stuff over here, um, just mm -hmm. how light it is. You know, and Some guys who get a lot of RSI or women get RSI doing the hedging and stuff like that. We hope that you know, maybe like a hybrid approach, you might have a hedger that's the electric or something where you're like holding it up all the time that can maybe preserve the joints a bit better and stuff like that. Um, what about the, um, the, the physical fitness of you guys? Something I've been touching on a little bit now is that the mowing, the mowing and gardening can be quite physical on your body. And especially when you have the busy months, you want to get through as much as you can to make as much money as you can. Do you do, do you talk to you guys much about looking after themselves or what do you, what do you do from that perspective? We do. We do. Um, uh, I, I think it's fantastic. It was one, one of the re main reasons that there's not a lot of downside to buying a Jim's Mowing franchise. I mean, from every perspective, it, there, it, it's a positive. And one of the positives is, is that, you know, there is that physical side of the job that's going to keep you healthy, it's going to keep you fit. Yeah, there's some challenges that we, that we need to uh, manage through. Um, we, uh, we encourage, uh, franchisees that are, that are, that may have physical limitations to work with the helper as quickly as possible so that they can do a big part of the heavy lifting. We love the fact that, that, uh, and we encourage our franchisees to work in teams of two so that they can, they can leverage their equipment, leverage their time, uh, increase their revenue substantially without adding a lot of costs. Um, 
it reduces the physical impact of the business. But I think that I think the physical side of the business is is a huge positive and and is a selling point as long as it's managed properly. Yeah. I mean, one of the one of the things that I that I tell new franchisees is don't take a lot of of uniforms right out of the right out of the gate. Like we'll give you we'll give you enough to get through the next three or four months because you're probably gonna you're probably gonna benefit uh, greatly from the. Uh, the, we call it the gyms died here. I think you guys do it. You call it the same thing over there, where you lose yeah. you lose twenty or thirty pounds when you start a when you start a franchise. And I think that that's a great thing. It's a healthy thing. It's it, it's 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 wonderful. Absolutely. And now, oh yeah, a lot of our guys, we have to sort of. I know a lot of franchisors might tell them to sort of take a bit of a you know spring. Everyone just wants to get through as much as work as they can, but it's can definitely you know they're really smashing the numbers in terms of clients they're doing, and then um, the physical toll. And take a bit of heat, which is why the lockdown in Victoria, I know everywhere else is still going, but like it gives the guys, I know it's not, definitely not ideal, but their chance for their bodies to sort of be repaired and then in spring 13 hits, hopefully they can go back and be flat knacker as well. But let's now talk about, um, I had a quick question there. I wrote it down before I was going to ask you. Sorry, I've just got a list here as well. Retention. So that's something that is always a hot topic with franchisors and with Jim's group in general. So how do you keep, good franchisees or what do you do? Do you do something maybe differently to over here or how do you keep good people in your region? Uh, okay. Well, uh, that's a little bit of a tricky question for me to answer because I we're still relatively new at doing this. We've only been doing this for two years. Yep. Uh, we do have several franchisees that have been with the, with uh, uh, the region for 15, 16. We have one franchisee that's been with us for 20 years. Wow. Um, I think that a lot of that comes from within their team players. I think that they've, 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 they feel that they've learned a lot and gained a lot from being part of the brand. And I think that they're the type of people that now want to give back. So we create a, a, a dynamic and an environment where these people that are, are, are they're, they, they've been part of the brand and part of the family for so many years that they're encouraged to, to, um, play that leadership role and take that that um that interest in the success of the other franchisees and give them the opportunity to give back a lot of you know there, there's givers and there's takers in this world and i think that a lot of the franchisees if you appeal to the to the to their to their better nature that they respond really uh they they they, they respond really well to it mm. and that's something i've talked with a couple of franchisees and i say exactly the same thing to you is making people in their region feel as though they're giving value and giving them a voice and they're helping it, making them feel as though they're helping other franchisees in the area, builds the community, keeps them really feel a part of it. And they hopefully stay, you know, hopefully everyone stays for 20 years. So you've just been a region for two years, which is a good, good time because we've sort of been trying to do a bit more material with newer franchisors because it's a bit hard to do, you know, you do the basic franchisor training, then all of a sudden you're a franchisor. And then the mm -hmm. first 12 months can be quite, not, I don't know if it's going to be quite difficult, but there can be a lot of challenges that come up and stuff like that. So looking back on your first 12 months as a franchisor, is there any sort of things you would do differently or is there any sort of tips you might give someone entering the regional franchise or business for the first time? Um, you know, it is, it is starting any business is challenging. I think that that's, I think that's just part of the nature of doing business, starting a franchise, you know, you, you need to, um, you need to be ready to, to face challenges. Uh, I think you need to be, you need to be ready to be creative, to play different roles. Uh, for me in the, in the first 12 months, I think that if I could replay that first 12 months, I don't know how much I would do differently. I think I would, uh, I, I was really, really lucky to have a, uh, a couple of people go to people in the organization, mm -hmm. uh, in the gyms group that I was able to go to and seek out advice on how to, to, to manage challenges. I probably, if I could, if I could do it over again, I might've done that more now that I, but you don't know who to call. You don't know um, who's who's really who's really out there to to who has the, the availability of time. You don't want to impose. So um, uh, if if somebody's new and somebody's struggling, it's the same advice that I would give to and, and struggling just because it's a natural part of business is is when you're doing something new, you're going to struggle. I struggled greatly here in Canada uh, our first year. 
but I'm I'm wiser and stronger for it. And and it's once again, it's a part of doing business. I would encourage exactly what I encourage my franchisees to do, which is please reach out as much as possible. Like, don't be shy to reach out, ask questions. Everybody everybody has everybody else's telephone number. Please ask questions. Please call me anytime. I think that um, if uh, a new franchisor is struggling, that they should they should reach out. Like, there's so much knowledge and so much um, experience within the gyms group um, that if you can just put yourself out there and ask for the help, uh, I am absolutely certain uh, you're going to get it. it. I certainly did. That was my experience. I think what you said about asking for help, you know, is a good thing. A lot of people don't ask for help sometimes, but asking for help and, and taking that help up and away you go. So what are your plans for the next, let's say, three to five years? Because you've got 50 franchisees, which is great. I'm sure you're, I know you're pretty ambitious. So what's your plans for Jim's mowing in Canada What for the next three to five years? Well, I'd like to, we understand the, the, the nature of the, the business here in, in terms that the more trailers and the more branding that we put on on the road the more that that um helps the, the existing franchisees and the new franchisees coming on so there's an exponential increase in in leads and in business and brand recognition every time we put a trailer on so every time i we put a, tra- a new franchisee uh, uh um, in business here then the the next best thing we can do is put another franchisee as close as possible to them help build a brand so my goal is is to just keep building the brand, keep putting trailers out on the road, keep helping franchisees build their businesses. And as soon as we can, as soon as we can leverage that to the next level, that's what, that's absolutely what we want to do. And it's, it's, it's the best insurance for all of the people that bought a franchise and anybody that's thinking of coming into a franchise is strength in numbers. So absolutely put as many franchises as we possibly can. Um, on the road within uh, within the next 12 months, 24 months and 36 months. Mm. Well, you've got a great business, Peter. And I thank you for doing this as well. Um, it'd be great. It's hopefully great for everyone who's watching from NZ in Australia to put a face to, to Peter over in Canada. And obviously, and, and our franchisees, you know, if anyone is watching there, say hello to you as well. And we'll hopefully get a Canadian franchisee on and do a similar interview. I think we're trying to do a bit more of these now to sort of interview franchisees and share it around. So if you've got any franchisees, Peter, you want to put forward, let me know and I can arrange it. That's a big- great idea. Yeah, it'd be great to learn about him. It'd be great to do a profile on a Canadian franchise and we can put it on YouTube and things like that. So really thanks for that. Thanks for that, Peter. If there's any Australian franchisors who want to reach out to you, what's your, let's say, email address for them or the NZ franchisors? Yeah, you, anybody can reach me at, and, I, and I'd love to hear from them. Uh, Peter.mainlandbc at gmail.com would be the best email to reach me at. Fantastic. We'll put it on there as well on the bottom of the screen. And we hopefully can see you over here when, um, when travel restrictions permit. You know, I know we have the, the gala every year and hopefully we can't wait to see. the. It's great you send the Canadian franchisees over. I think that's a really important thing is to have them or have the training, as you said, the training at, at Jim's HQ you cannot beat. Um, you know, unfortunately, we've got to use the online component for now, but that in-person training, as you know from experiencing yourself, you just can't beat it, can you? Absolutely. No worries. Thanks for that, Peter. Thanks so much for having me, Joel. It was, no worries. It was- It was a pleasure.